passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors is everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED lights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of WrestleNomics Radio. I'm Brandon Thurston, broadcasting live and on demand from Buffalo, New York, where today is Sunday, March 12th, 2023. And we are joined not by Jesse Collings, no, just by Chris Gullo. As, as it's no coincidence, maybe, that Vince McMahon was reportedly in Boston this past Monday. Jesse Collings from the Boston area is not accounted for this morning, but we, 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 we continue on anyway. And I just realized, and I want to apologize to our WrestleNomics audience, I forgot to put my bow tie on. <laughs> oh, wow. I didn't realize that. Yeah, I was like, I just realized it now. You could, you could, you could just un- unbutton the, the top button. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll, and then just be like... We'll go ca- casual today. <laughs> is that casual? I've, 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 have you not noticed? Like, ties are not cool anymore. Well, they're not... Um, a lot of people, like, they're max formal wear. They're is, not is, needed for, like, job interviews and stuff like that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I wonder if, you know, decades from now, they'll be like, remember when people wore ties? That was weird. Um, but anyway. Uh, the bow tie will be back next week, I promise. <laughs> okay. Um, but I believe Jesse is uh, he's skiing. Um, so, well, do you know what we have to talk about this, uh, this morning? Well, we're, we're going to ask the all-important question, Brandon. Is oh, Roman Reigns right. a draw? You, you, you've, I didn't want to do this topic, but Golo insisted. Uh, he blackmailed me after our clickbait episode last week on is W is AEW's fan interest weakening, which 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 was our our most at least on YouTube was our most watched podcast in in many weeks. Um, yes. Well, an, another pressing question is is Roman Reigns a draw? We will we will discuss this. Do you, do you know what else we're, we're discussing today? Uh, I know we're going to talk about uh, comments uh, from CEOs from Fox and Endeavor regarding a possible purchase of WWE, and we're going to delve into that. Uh, I'm not sure we have anything else. Uh, I know we have others to talk about it, but we're going to do gambling. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yep. 
We have more <laughs> information on that, yeah. We talked a little bit about gambling on Thursday for subscribers on the Thursday, WrestleNomics 30. But we'll talk a little bit more about um, some, some additional details and that we've learned since, since Thursday. Uh, new events from WWE have been announced. Premium live events. Um, GCW's challenging the Fight Forever trademark from AEW. And uh, some comments from executives from the Morgan Stanley TMT conference. So, I suppose we'll get started here. Um, with Is Roman Reigns a draw? Why are we talking about this? It's just a slow news week. No, I mean I I mean we're go we're going into WrestleMania and Roman Reigns even though he has a big match with me, I don't think he's been on TV on a weekly basis, like every week. Not every week. Um <laughs> so so I I understand there the Observer uh, awards came out. <clears throat> Do you know who oh, yeah. the, the Observer Wrestler oh, yeah. of the Year was? It was not Roman Reigns. No, it was John Moxley. Um that that that's what happened. So um, I, this has led to some discussion, I think, among some people about whether or not Roman Reigns uh, is a draw, and to what extent. So what do we mean when we talk about who's a draw? What is a draw? I mean, we're going to look at you know TV ratings with quarter hours attendance. But what does it mean YouTube, to be Google a draw? Trend. What does it mean? What if I say, you know, Chris Gullo, he's a draw when it comes when it comes to this podcast. My God, he's a draw. Interest in your in the product is heightened when that individual is featured. To what extent? I mean, higher than average. Mm, higher than average. That's that's a, that's a decent um, definition, I would say. Um, there are many, many forms of the word draw that you can find in the dictionary. This is the one we're looking at. A person or thing that is very attractive or interesting. Um, I don't know. I, I, I kind of hate these kind of conversations because I think, you know, what's, what's actually missing from this definition, in fact, is weird that they didn't include is my favorite wrestler from the you know, they decided to exclude that from the definition which or works for my favorite company <laughs> <laughs> yes yeah weird weird they left that out <clears throat> surprised um and by the way if you want to participate uh if you want to uh send in a super chat question or comment for us to read on the air we, we will gladly accept that if you're watching live on youtube um and uh I, I've been advised uh, by by our um, de facto social media advisor, uh, MJ from MJ, that if more than half of the viewers who are watching, I think it's a live YouTube video, if more than half of you uh, hit thumbs up, then maybe this uh, it helps people find this or something. Um, so please uh, hit the thumbs up button. So let's begin here. We'll look at, you know, one of the talking points that I've, I've heard discussed is that, well, when Roman Reigns isn't on SmackDown, the ratings do just as well. As when he's on SmackDown, so is that true? Um, and what we what we're looking at here is basically the trailing twelve months as of today. So looking back on March twenty twenty two to February twenty twenty three, and I think this is about right. This might be slightly off. What I what I used to determine because obviously Roman Reigns is not having a match on every episode that he's on. Um, so what I used to determine this was our quarter hour labels. So I I said any any appearance of the word. Roman Reigns, and I believe I included the bloodline and it didn't make any difference. Any appearance of, of his name in any quarter hour, we counted that as he appeared on the show. So not sure if this is perfect. You could probably think of some ways that this, that this that we could have some mistaken instances here, like if there was a video, but he wasn't really on it. Anyway, this is probably pretty close. And what we have here for, <clears throat> if you look at you know the trailing 52 weeks, we have 20 episodes with Roman Reigns. 
and 32 episodes without him. Does that sound right? He was only on 20 out of the last 52 episodes of SmackDown. Um, anyway, if that's right, then we've got, you know, it, I've split this up, but I guess if we could look at, look at down here, um, at the, uh, let me, let me put my laser pointer on. If we look at the demo, the demo is ever so slightly higher when Reigns is there versus when he's not. They've got 698,000 viewers on average in the demo when he's there. When he's not, it's 692. Um, so that's a very small difference. If, if I broke that down into a demo rating, which is what uh, everyone is, is familiar with when we talk about the demo, uh, if I make that into a demo rating, that's a 0.5 rounds, 0.54 with Reigns, 0.54 with Reigns, and without him, it is a 0.53. So Roman Reigns is good for one demo ratings point, one 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 hundredth uh, when when he's there versus when he's not. But what, what about total viewership? Total viewership is also a very slight difference. Two point two one four million viewers with him, two point two zero one million viewers without him. Um, and, and I've got this broken down by the the year here too. There's in fact year to date, it is lower with him than without him. So what do you think here? Does this Support or discredit? Credit or discredit the notion that Roman Reigns is a draw? I mean, I, I don't think it discredits it. Is it enough data to say that? Or is it un- like like no, an NFL referee, which is basically what, what we are here? Yeah. Is this just inconclusive? It could be inconclusive. But, you know, if you had to make a decision, I, I guess because it's not data that shows it's a negative when, he, when, when he's there, you know, so... <clears throat> Because the, di- the differences are so slight in his favor in this, I would say this is pretty inconclusive. It, this is, could be just random. And I, what I did do, in fact, too, is I, I went through all the quarter hours. We'll look at quarter hours in a second. But, I, but what I, I tried to ask the question, you know, if Roman Reigns is on the show across quarter hours, uh, across multiple quarter hours, if he's scattered across the show more, does the show do better? And what I found is basically a random relationship. So whether or not he's on more of the show or on less of the show, I couldn't find any meaningful relationship. I I, I did a for for Excel fans out there. I, I did a corral uh, correlation calculation. Um, okay, that's very close to zero. It's like a point zero five is what I found. So <clears throat> let's look at the quarter hours. Nielsen data, more Nielsen data, uh, same time period. And what we're looking at here is, I'm choosing to focus on the demo here. I'm looking at the quarter hours for SmackDown that grew the audience the most from the prior quarter hour. So sort of by definition, we cannot look at quarter hour one in any case, because quarter hour one is following something before it that I at least don't have the data to. Um, In some cases, what I'll do is I'll calculate, like, how does this quarter hour one compared to the trailing four. But anyway, we're just going to look at straightforward growth, right? So what are the strongest growth quarters in the demo for SmackDown over the last year? This is the top 25, I believe, that we're looking at here on the screen. And how many of them contain Roman Reigns, according to our quarter hour labels that Jason Ompersur helps us create? Um, And the answer is, this is 25, and and I, I can see in highlighted in red here, are the ones that contain Roman Reigns and highlighted in yellow are ones that contain Bloodline. Um, this one, 
I believe contains bloodline further off in, into the text box that you can't see here. So it's probably something relatively insignificant. Anyway, I, we, we can look at this, this spreadsheet directly, in fact. But anyway, what we see here is one, two, three, four, five out of the top 25 include reigns, and an additional one, two, three for a total of eight include the bloodline. Eight out of, and let's let's see if that's not a just just like a random um, like backstage skit that I, I it, this is a backstage angle with the bloodline is what that one's referring to. So what I, what I would want to to look at here to say this really perhaps counts is either a match or a live promo, something of of a of a decent length, something that's not like a minute or two backstage angle. And you're looking for nothing Roman Reigns adjacent when I, like it's like just Sami Zayn and the Usos because there's a lot in there too. What 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 we're literally searching here for is our quarter hour label. Does it say Roman Reigns? If so, it's highlighted in red. Does it say Bloodline? If so, it's highlighted in yellow. Admittedly, I did not go go through all all of the video library and check on this. Right, I try. I'm trying to do this in an automated fashion. Um. And, and and it's worth pointing out the most the highest quarter for I, I also excluded FS1. If we included FS1, there's this really high growth quarter in I believe a quarter hour two of an October FS1 SmackDown where like apparently everybody realized 15 minutes in that it wasn't on Fox and and I believe you know changed the channel and found it on FS1 and that is that does happen to be a Roman Reigns quarter. We're excluding that though uh, because that doesn't seem fair, right? Um, but the most, the highest growth quarter in this entire period, trailing 12 months in the demo, biggest growth quarter was on February 3rd, just over a month ago, it was the, the final quarter on that, um, that Sami Zayn and Roman Reigns live promo. I believe the one, you know, that's been highlighted in many video packages where Roman Reigns is like screaming in, in Sami Zayn's face, um, going into, uh, elimination chamber when he like accepts the match so that that is that grew the audience that grew the demo by 25 percent from the prior quarter that is the highest growth quarter for the demo that we have here um but anyway we get about about eight and we might, might want to knock off uh, some things that include like bloodline you know video but most most other of these are a live promo or they are a match and we do see you know what, what i would say is what what are what are genuine genuinely attributable one two three four uh, five, six, six out of twenty-five. Um, is that enough to say hey, that this is this is supporting the notion? And, and by the way, there's a talking point out there that ah, Roman Reigns, you know, maybe maybe he's an economic difference dif- ah, difference maker. That's a trigger word in some ways, but not as a he's not a TV ratings draw, and that's sort of. We can't dispute that anyway, based on this with this SmackDown ratings with Roman Reigns versus SmackDown ratings without him. Now, what about in quarter hours? Can we say that because what did I say? Eight? Did I say eight or six? Six out of the let me count again. One, two, three, four, five, six. Yeah, I, I will say six out of the, the top 25 quarter hour growth uh, measurements. Six out of 25. Is that enough? Or should such a top star be more dominant? I mean, I would say it's enough, especially when you're looking at, you know, is now this is this is these quarter hours. This is SmackDown and Raw, or just SmackDown, only SmackDown. Oh, only SmackDown. Well, I, still though, I mean, for especially too, he wasn't on. He was only on twenty of the fifty-two weeks. I yeah, I, absolutely, absolutely. What I would say that he would be a draw in quarter hours. 
So you're saying this supports this more than the overall Nielsen rating yes. This supports. I would say. I would. I think I would agree with you that the, at least compared to this overall whole show rating, this is more supportive of the notion. Roman Reigns is a draw. So if we were saying, you know, on a scale of, you know, let's say one, well, let's say zero to zero, one, two, three, four. On a scale of zero to four with, well, let's see, on a scale of one to <laughs> one to five with three being the middle, right? Um, is this supportive or is, does this credit with, with it totally credits him being a five and totally discredits him being a one. Uh, I would say the TV, the whole TV rating is like a three, basically neutral. And, but this, this I have to say is, is a four, right? Four out of five, I would say this supports him, but doesn't super strongly support him, but it does moderately support the notion that Roman Reigns is a draw. Okay. And I, I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll get into some, is this all just self-fulfilling prophecy? Anyway, another data point that we can look at here, data set, is YouTube video views. What I'm looking at here are the highlights of TV shows. So what we're not looking at here is all of the library content that WWE's YouTube channel posts, including full matches from years past, uh, and, and what we're also not looking at here is the top 10 moments from Raw and SmackDown that they post every week. What we're looking at here are specific video highlights of the weekly shows, Raw, SmackDown, and NXT. So this does include Raw. Yes, it does. Okay. And what we have here, and I believe this is the top 25. Is that, is that what this is? Uh, it's something, it looks like top 25, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24, it's 24 or 25. So, and what we have here highlighted in red are all of the video titles that contain the words Roman Reigns and highlighted in yellow is the one instance in this table that contains just the bloodline, uh, which he is a member of. <clears throat> and what we have here is out of these 24, 25, we have 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14. It's more than half, isn't it? Yeah. It's more than half, uh, including each of the top four. Now, now wait a minute. It just so happens that he's, he's in the number one uh, video, which has... These are all measured through seven days. We stopped measuring them after seven days, by the way, to try to give everybody the same amount of time because older videos might have an advantage over, over younger videos because they've existed longer and have more time to accumulate video views. So that's our preferred methodology here at WrestleNomics is to record for seven days and then stop. 168 hours. Then we stop. That's what the script does. So the number one, that includes John Cena. So can you really, can you really give Roman Reigns, can you really acknowledge the tribal chief when he's along with Big Match John, Big Draw John, John Cena. Can you really give him full credit for that? Maybe. Oh, but, but what about the number two, number three, and number four videos, which also include Brock Lesnar? I mean, we all agree for the sake of argument that Brock Lesnar is a big draw, right? And then the, the, the next video down includes Brock Lesnar also. The next video down, okay, doesn't include Brock Lesnar. It, it includes Drew McIntyre, which I think most people would not agree is in the same league as Brock Lesnar and John Cena when it comes to being an attraction. That's view down includes Goldberg, maybe. The next video down for Reigns includes John Cena. 
the next one, the Undisputed Universal Champion, Roman Reigns is ready for the next step, whoever that includes. I think this is just after WrestleMania. The next one down includes Seth Rollins. The next one down includes Seth Rollins. The next one down includes the Brawling Brutes against the Bloodline. Further down, Sami Zayn. And then further down, another Brock Lesnar instance. So I guess what we could say here, though, is that we, we do have Reigns along with a preponderance of different people, right? It's not just like he was in, in this long-term feud with Brock Lesnar. It's, and it's all the Brock Lesnar highlights that dominate this. And then, yeah, some of them are including Roman Reigns, too. We, we, do, have, we do have Cena, who's most very likely a strong draw here, uh, Brock Lesnar as well. But we do see other people along with him that, that rank pretty highly, although not as highly as the others, including Seth Rollins, um, including Goldberg, uh, including Drew McIntyre. So what do you think here? The YouTube data, which I would argue is a cleaner look than quarter hours into talent analytics, who's really a draw. But we'll pretend they're all equal here, right? And we have, what, something like 18 out of the 25 include Reigns? On a scale of 1 to 5, what would, how would you say this discredits or credits the notion that Roman Reigns is a draw? I would say 4 because of that little caveat of John Cena and Brock Lesnar being in. The- you want to say 4? I didn't know you, you were such a Roman Reigns hater. Wow. No, I, oh, I, I'm, oh, I'm sorry. I'm, I, I, I reversed that. My, my, my bad. Two. I, did, I don't. The, my, I don't want. Uh, my bad. I, I would. I, I took your question the wrong way. I thought you meant one to five. Like proves he's a draw, not discredits. My bad. Two. Number two. Number two. Uh, I, 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 I want to say one is the most discredited, and five is the most credited. Oh yeah, that's why I said four. Yeah, four credit as opposed to draw. as opposed to five. Yeah, because there is that caveat of John Cena <clears throat> and Brock Lesnar being in those videos as well. Okay. But yeah, I think this shows I mean, look at that. Like that YouTube data. Like Well, I would I would hate, hate some of the people in our chat to have to hear this, but uh I, I would say a five, but um just because of the preponderance and the and the multiple co stars, if you will. Um <clears throat> but we'll for for the for the sake of democracy, we, we will we'll give it a four and a half then. Um okay. And by the way, this was for the period of January twenty 20- uh, 2022 to the present just because why, why are we looking at january to the present here and we're going back uh i guess we could have started at march here but january 2022 is when i began to have this data um at, over time is as the wrestleomics uh, analytics department gathers more and more data and gets more and more time behind us we'll, we'll be able to, to split up time uh, but i could have split split up time um and these do have dates on them so s- would any of these have been before March 2022. Yeah, maybe some of them. I don't, I don't know if any of them are in the case. I guess this one. Anyway, I, I think we're getting something that's pretty consistent here in terms of dates. Now, Google Trends. Do Google Trends matter? I mean, doesn't I it just tell you? Doesn't it just tell you like who's in the news for for a minute or two? Uh, I mean, I I don't know if it would matter as much as YouTube views, in my opinion. But I still think it's like, hey, people are going out of their way to look up. You know, like, oh, yeah, or they see uh, Roman Reigns. You know, let me know more about Roman Reigns. Or, oh, what did like, Roman Reigns do last week? Who's looking up pictures and stuff like that? I like, mean, that's part it, of it, yeah. Or, you know, that's part of it. Or oh, somebody's just hanging out with their friends and go, do you remember Rey Mysterio? And then they go, oh, he's still wrestling. <laughs> so what, what, what I believe Google Trends represent is, I think it's a pretty good reflection of Mindshare, how much people are thinking about any any subject. <clears throat> um and I think it's a, it is a problem to study Google Trends when we're looking at a small space of time. 
What we're looking at here is annual data. An entire year, every single day of the year is, is included. And we're looking at an average. It's, it's an index because Google Trends doesn't give us real numbers of the number of queries or searches that are happening here, but they give us a relative index, which, we, which WrestleNomics is calculating out here. Um, so what we have here are the top five wrestling-related personalities. Basically, it's the top five personalities who, who I and my query include. So, that, so there, there's this. People will will point out we do have Bad Bunny here in 2017 when Bad Bunny was not involved in WWE at that time. But because we have, because we want to include him here in the in the more recent years, I did not exclude him here. In any case, it, it, we we get an impression of how much people are searching for among others, Roman Reigns. And if we look back at the years beginning in 2016, he's in the top five of all the people I'm querying here. He's in the top five for every year since 2016, except for 2020, when he was probably the most inactive, right? Because he took off a large part of that uh, pre... He took off all of the pre-Thunderdome time, I believe, right? All of the empty PC era uh, of, of the pandemic for WWE. Um, but otherwise, he's been number three in 2016, number five in 2017. This, this includes Logan Paul as well, who's in the same same case as Bad Bunny. Um, number five for 2018, number five for 2019, not in 2020. Number five for 2021, number four for 2022, and number four year to date, just January and February. Um, and this includes every other wrestler you can basically name. Brock Lesnar does not does not make this top five. Do you see his name anywhere here? I don't. John Cena does, The Rock does, Ronda Rousey does before she was in WWE in 2016. Um, now, it's it's worth pointing out that look at his index, look at his index value, which is indicative of the number of searches he's getting. 3.6 in 2022, 3.7 year to date. So 3.6, which is well down by multiples of where he was in years past, where he was up to a 9.9, a 6.0, a 6.6. Down, down in the threes lately. So the volume of searches have lowered. Nonetheless, his rank has remained pretty strong. And if you take out the, you know, really non-full-time performers, your Bad Bunnies, your Rocks, you know, your Logan Pauls, like, he's probably number one. But he's not a full-time performer either, you know. Yeah, but he's on TV a lot more than these guys. I mean, the Rock hasn't been on TV at all in a couple of years. Okay, so what do, what do we think here? On a scale of one to five, five being give him the most credit, one being give him the least credit for Google Trends. What, is, what do these Google Trends results seem to tell us about the drawing power of Roman Reigns? Let's give him a three. A three, you think? So you think this is totally neutral? Uh, yeah, I mean, it, 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 it's impressive. This doesn't prove or discredit. Because people Google, I mean, people can Google stuff to be in people's mind of somebody they wouldn't buy a ticket for or go out in their way. And watch, you know, SmackDown for over an entire year, though. Yeah, I mean, well, that's why I'm giving it. I mean, I'm. Giving I think it a this three is and, okay. I think this is quite supportive. I know you're um, a big Google Trend guy, so. Well, because if, if if we were talking about like you know if we were looking at I mean Chris Benoit is a great example in in 2000 in June 2017 there's nobody's getting more searches than Chris Benoit but it's not for reasons that have to do with with his economic value as a talent. Yeah, yeah. 2007. What did I say? It's 2017. But you have, yeah. yeah. Thank you. Um, and likewise for W as a whole in that in that month certainly. Um, but I think when you can include every single day of the year 
over a long course of time, I think this does tell you something about how much people are thinking about him. Um, and, and consider that he's above any other full-time or any, any other full-time W talent. Um, and that, that's the case in 2022, despite his not being as present uh, as, as he was in prior years. Um, so I want to give this a four. You want to give this a three? Yeah. This will give us a, give us a three and a half, once again, in the name of democracy. Um, now, this is relatively new data to, to our to our world, world of research here. What I've been doing is <clears throat> collecting... I've been collecting the top sellers list for W Shop almost every day since September 2022. Why, why have I missed some days? It's because I'm biased and I want to exclude certain people. Now, it's because... Um, Sometimes my, my scripts fail me, and but I think we have almost every we have if we're if we're missing days it's very few. So from September 2022 to the present, sometimes September 2022 we started to track to track this. So what I'm asking here, I tr- and, and I'm I'm trying to figure out what's what the best way is to present this data that makes it most straightforward and intuitive and easy to understand. So I think uh, the most straightforward way that I could think of last night when I was making this up is that. Let's count the number of appearances that one of your items appeared on the top 10 list. We're also taking it for granted here, which I'm not 100% certain, but I'm pretty certain, pretty confident. I don't know this for a fact, but I'm pretty confident that this top sellers list actually reflects sales in that the most, the best selling items are high at the top of the list. Um, I'm pretty sure that's true, but I'm not 100% certain. In any case, what do we see here? The number of items... They had the most appearances in the top 10. Who do they belong to? Roman Reigns. 229 instances of an item belonging to him appeared in the top 10 since, since September. Since people will be curious, followed by Bray Wyatt, John Cena, Sami Zayn, Stone Cold Steve Austin, still, still a merch draw, Seth freaking Rollins, NWO Kevin Owens, and the Usos. Um... Now we can break this down by time and see how, how has this changed in recent months and who's sort of taken the lead or, or lost it. Um, and we do see, you know, in, in these last four months of the year, Roman Reigns was decisively the leader, good good margin above Bray Wyatt, um, followed by really Sami Zayn above John Cena. How about that? Um, year to date, though, uh, detractors of Roman Reigns will enjoy this. We do, we do see he's, he's only number three year to date. Cody Rhodes is number one with 112 instances of top 10 listings year to date. Cody Rhodes. Uh, guess who else is above Roman Reigns? John Cena. And, and with 57, higher than Roman Reigns' 51 appearances in the top 10 listing, Sami Zayn. Okay. But across all of these months combined, one, two, three, four, five, six, and a little bit of March, who has the most instances over that time? Roman Reigns with, again, that, that's what this table back here is representing, 229. Um, so does this support or detract from the notion that Roman Reigns, your tribal chief, is a draw? I'm going five on this one, supporting. You're going five. Wow, because okay. this isn't just clicking YouTube. This isn't tuning in to Fox. This is taking money out of your pocket and spending it. And okay. he is, like, I mean, look at all those instances in the top ten. Okay. Um, yes. How could you undermine this assertion? Well, you could say, well, wait a minute. I'm I'm channeling my inner Jesse Collings here. Wait a minute. It doesn't, he have the most items. He probably does. I I could look that up, but I I think we have looked this up in the past and he probably does have a lot of items. And by the way, I gave him credit for everything within the bloodline too. If it was bloodline, I gave it to Roman Reigns. 
Um, hopefully he's sharing some of that, some of those royalties with the Usos and maybe even Sami Zayn. Uh, so we, we should consider that. Um, and just like sort of the entire Roman Reigns narrative, you could say, well, he's just being given the most opportunities. So of course he better be that, that he better be doing well here. Um, but what we can, can at least say, is this the last thing we have to look at here? Okay. So what, what we could at least say is that, well, he's not such a failure that he's not even present here. If he was being pushed so, 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 so hard above everybody else, but was not even achieving top 10 results in this case, um, we, we, at, the, at a minimum, we cannot say that, you know, he's just not delivering any results. He's delivering some decent results here at a minimum, at a minimum. And I would say, okay, I would say he's de- delivering some, some pretty good results. Now, we could have a larger conversation about, well, wait a minute. Not only, you know, n- not only does he have to produce results, but I, I would argue since he, his, his really strong push began in 2014 or 15, um, there was a cost associated with that. I, that is a, a opportunity cost in that there was so much effort, especially – in those early years, I mean, arguably through 2019, there was such an effort to get him over by Vince McMahon that that was a cost that could have been invested into other talent and could have been invested in, into the product in other ways. Uh, and I think that was a real cost. Is that cost worth this return? That's a larger discussion that we're not going to resolve today. But the results that we have, I think we could say that Roman Reigns is WWE's strongest, I hesitate to use the word full-time, he's, he's the strongest draw among wrestlers who are having, let's say, at least five matches, or, or ten matches, whatever arbitrary line you want to draw to say, yeah, I know he's not full-time, but he's more full-time than Brock Lesnar. He's more full-time than Logan Paul, you know. Um, we didn't look at tickets here. I don't know that we have great data. We certainly don't have data to, to credit him. Uh, I, know, I know the talking point has been raised that Hey, look, when Roman Reigns gets added to two events, it doesn't, move, you know, incredibly move tickets, barely moves tickets. Right. But when you have somebody like John Cena get added to the to the raw that's happening in Boston, he moved a couple thousand tickets. And that Boston raw basically sold out 13,000, according to WrestleTix. Right. Um, I would be interested to see house show data because I know he doesn't really do a lot of house shows. So house shows he, with him against house shows against him. <sighs> I mean, how she was without him, not against him. Yeah. Um, has he worked? You know, last time I looked, he had not worked a house show since September. Has that changed? I'm going to look at Cage Match right now. Uh, and we, that, that is something that we could look up. I, we don't have that data prepared today. Yeah. Um, but he is, he has worked a few. Wait, 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 am I looking at Probably he a holiday a, tour, right? He worked a house show on the 4th. Oh. Which was, a, I, I think, his first house show. Yeah, his first house show since, since September. He worked a house show on the 4th in Toronto at the Rico Coliseum. Um, and his previous house show before that was also in Canada, in Vancouver. Okay. So he has not worked a domestic house show in quite a long time. Um, so anyway, that, that is something we can look at further. Is he a ticket draw? I certainly cannot say based on the day we're, we're trying to present today. Um, but is he, I, I, I think he's a, a, he's W's strongest active, you know, regularly active talent. Um, in terms of economic delivery, right? Um, whether or not it's enough based on what you think the results should be, based on what's been invested in him. Because nobody else has been, you know, he's been pushed so hard, right? I, I don't know that I can resolve that. But, <clears throat> you know, d- is he, 
which promotion gets hurt worse? AEW, if they if you remove John Moxley from 2022, or Roman Reigns, or WWE, if you remove Roman Reigns from 2022? Mm, I mean, probably AEW without Moxley. Really? Okay. And just like, especially if you count the punk stuff happening and all that, you know? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> with, I, I don't have a strong opinion, but I think it's, 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 it's not clearly Moxley to me. It's close. So like, what, what do you have in WWE? If you don't, if you're not doing this, this Roman Reigns story, you're not doing the Sammy, it was the Sammy Zayn story goes into 2023, but if you're not doing all that, um, what is WWE like without him? And certainly in terms of business, is it just because WWE has all these guaranteed revenues and has a very se- secure financial future? I think people are more apt to say what you're saying, although that, yeah, WWE's going to be fine. WWE's going to be fine without Roman Reigns. They're still going to get their guaranteed TV rights fees. They're still going to go to Saudi Arabia and make $50 million every time they go. So what does it matter in, the, in terms of AEW? And this is why, why people have so much anxiety about AEW and why podcasts with a title like the one we used last week did so well is because AEW seems like it's in a constant existential crisis. It could die at any time, perhaps. And, and, and the truth is that you know, it, 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 it's, its financial future is far less secure. If that's true. And John Moxley being there was 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 a, was a big deal with with Punk going out for sure. Um, if it wasn't Moxley, you know they had Daniel Brian Danielson there as well. Um, so I don't know if there weren't other players who could have taken that role as well. Yeah, I mean I that's a good point. And would are there other players who would have filled Roman Reigns' role in 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 a, in a similar uh, to a similar extent? Not clear to me. We, we, yeah. we don't. We don't need to resolve that. Uh, if you have, if you have an opinion or have a question, you you can you can throw in a super chat. Those those are certainly welcome. And we'll we'll address it. Um, now, <clears throat> another point that people can raise along these lines. One one of our favorite subjects to talk about here. In, in addition to who's a draw, is you know what's what you know what nobody's a draw. Aren't you a proponent of this idea, Chris? Call nobody's really a draw. It's the brand that's a draw, yeah. right? And and. You know, in fact, WrestleMania has sold, I believe, 55, well, I don't know about sold, but it's distributed about 5,500 tickets for each day at this point, I believe, according to, to WrestleTix. And how many matches? I mean, there might be matches announced now, but most of those tickets moved before a single match was announced. So you can't credit any of this WrestleMania business to any talent. Would you agree with that? Uh, I think, I don't know. I mean, yes, we've seen the brand be a draw, but people are expecting Roman Reigns to be at WrestleMania. They're expecting, you know, there to be, I mean, big stars. They just look at the trajectory, you know, they know what to expect. People buy tickets early because they're like, oh, they're all the biggest stars are going to be there. Mm-hmm. So what if, what if, what if, you know, WrestleMania, they announced here, here's the, here's the card. <clears throat> it's going to be, you know. We got uh, Barry Hardy and Dwayne Gill for the tag titles against uh, the Mulkey Brothers. Toxic Turtles. <laughs> um, we got um, we got to be more realistic. Maybe we got we got uh, Otis versus Mace is going to be the main event. Uh, the, the 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 top women's match is going to be Tamina Snuka versus Aaliyah. Uh, we're going to have a big match between Top Dollar and Rick Boogs. Okay, all the, all the tickets are sold. Why not do that? Well, because I think then next year that's not, they're not going to move. Oh, that would that would hurt the brand, wouldn't it? That would hurt that WrestleMania brand's value. Right. Yeah. Um, in, in in fact, I've I've heard the uh, is the, the the big main event for WWE's WrestleMania this year is good. It's just gonna be WWE versus WWE for the WWE Championship, right? That's what people are paying for, right? I mean, and I th- I think you know, people are buying a ticket not knowing what the card is. That's definitely true. 
I think they're buying a ticket based on some expectation, like you said. They expect something of a magnitude of what they've seen the year before and the year before that. Um, something on, on the scale of Roman Reigns versus Cody Rhodes, right? Or maybe Roman Reigns versus The Rock. Isn't, didn't, didn't, didn't Dwayne Johnson sell these tickets, though? Didn't, because everybody bought a ticket. Everybody bought a ticket. They, they figured there's a pretty good chance that they were going to see Dwayne Johnson in the ring. Shouldn't we just give the, that credit to The Rock? Well, I mean, but then, like I said, you got to look at the years past, too, where, you know, tickets did great, and no one really knew for a fact Austin was going to do Dallas. Nobody knew for, I mean, yeah, people have expectations, but I don't, I don't, I can't tell you the opinion of most people, but I think people couldn't realistically go, well, The Rock's 100% going to be there. I'm buying this ticket. Like, I feel like ticket buyers did, didn't have that thought process. Yeah, I, I think... I think the top stars in WWE deserve some credit for being part of the package that people expect when they're buying a WrestleMania ticket or nearly any premium live event ticket. Um, maybe Raw and SmackDown are something different. Um, I don't know. Maybe not completely either. But I think, you know, wrestling today is more of a, you know, yeah, we could say, yes, the brand is the draw, but everybody's kind of a spoke on a wheel. And there are many more spokes now than there were in, say, Bruno San Martino's day or Rob Backlund's day or Pedro Morales' day. Um, but I think there's, you know, all of these people are, well, not, maybe not, some of them are more important than others. Roman Reigns is more important than, than almost any other, maybe every other. But everybody can, there's, it's more of a, it's more of a diverse portfolio, I guess, if you will. Um, but I do think the stars matter tremendously, and the stars are the people who allow the brand to be a draw. The reason why the WrestleMania brand is a draw that's able to sell you know, 50,000 50, tickets or so for two days is because of the talent that they expect to see. And it's not, it's not, a, um, it's not a disparity like it was for Bruno San Martino and everybody else. It's less than that. Um, but it's still... There is still somewhat of a disparity, just not as much as it was in Bruno's day to make a, to make a contrast there. <sighs> okay. What else? I'm not used to talking like this for so long. I'm, I'm used to getting a break. I mean, I'm trying to chime in as I can, but uh, I, I don't uh, sometimes have the uh, passion that Jesse has to just let it all out. You know what I mean? Okay. By the way, there's a Patreon, patreon.com slash WrestleNomics. You can get my daily ratings reports. Quarter hour reports. The WrestleMomics 30 will be doing a, as always, a 30 minute episode on Thursday. Uh, you get access to the WrestleMomics spreadsheet, which has upwards of oh, at least over 2,000 rows and thousands of data points, um, as well as the slides to the podcast that we're doing right now. Um, so, I don't know. A quick look. Oh, that's, that's not up to date. Something's missing here. Um, but a quick look at um, just what. What ticket sales are looking like looking like as of late? Will this refresh? Or maybe it's just broken. Anyway, I apologize. Well, we'll move on to um, to gambling. We talked a little bit about this on Thursday. Uh, but but uh, the latest from the, uh, the story that was originally reported by CNBC by Alex Sherman that WWE is looking to legalize gambling in Colorado and in Michigan. We have uh, another CNBC clip that we're going to play in a moment. But did you know that the Michigan Gaming Control Board has made a comment. I think this has flown over, uh, flown under the radar of wrestling news sites. Uh, this was on, what day was this that they put this out? On Thursday, uh, on March 9th, the Michigan Gaming Control Executive Director makes a statement. Uh, the Executive Director is Henry Williams. Uh, the, the press release that they put out 
This is on their government website. I found it just doing a Google search this morning. Uh, the Michigan Game Control Board has not held direct communications with officials from World Wrestling Entertainment about offering legal wagering in Michigan on its events. Uh, Henry Williams, the executive director, says any request for inclusion in Michigan's sports wagering catalog must be submitted to the MB to the MGCB, that's the Michigan Gaming Control Board, by a Michigan licensed operator or platform provider. And the agency has not received a formal request regarding W's events wagering. I'm 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 uh I'm I'm being creative with my my tone, perhaps. The WWE. He continues. The w, the WWE. I love it when people say the WWE, the World Wrestling Entertainment, as we all say, should work with the gaming industry if it wishes to bring a proposal before the MGCB. Um, it goes on. This statement goes on. A third party consultant approached the board more than a year ago about a proposal to add W events to Michigan's wagering catalog. But the agency has received no further information. And and that's there's another paragraph. That's the gist of it. Um, When they say somebody licensed has to come forward, is that like like DraftKings is like, hey, we want to add WWE match betting? Is it something like that? Where did it say? Must be submitted to by by a Michigan licensed operator platform provider. Um, Maybe or maybe um, maybe W itself would have to be licensed. I don't know because we did we did see that record from Indiana showing that they had. they had some sort of, uh, they were a registrant, I believe is the word. They were a registrant for gaming. When we say gaming, I don't mean video gaming. I mean uh, gambling. That, that That's the euphemism, isn't it? Gaming. They're, they're just gaming. That's all. It's just a game. That, that's, yeah, that's what they say. To, yeah. Yes. Okay. So Michigan's saying, we don't know what you're talking about. You're trying to legalize gambling on matches in, in Michigan? No, you're not. not. Not as far as we know. And we're the ones who have to authorize it. Interesting. I have not seen any statement from, from Colorado organizations or, or Indiana for that matter. Um, so interesting that this story would come out in any, in any event. Um, another CNBC program, I mean, the, the, the article was on CNBC.com, but uh, the CNBC program Last Call had a, a segment on this. We will listen to it now. Contessa Brewer covers gambling for us at CNBC. And Contessa, are your sources betting on the fact this could happen? It's more like they're betting it doesn't happen. I mean, it's clear why WWE, Brian, might want it. We can see from sports that it increases fan engagement, or or maybe it's just about driving up the selling price. At any rate, the gaming regulators are pushing back, and they're doing it hard. Colorado says none of its regulators ever spoke with the WWE about approving bets. Massachusetts just launched mobile sports betting today, and the Gaming Commission helpfully pointed out the WWE is not an approved sports league. How's that for clarification? Michigan regulators went so far as to suggest that if the WWE wants gambling approval, it just might try working with the gaming industry before bringing any proposal to the table. And how does the gaming industry feel about it? Well, I asked BetMGM CEO Adam Greenblatt at the iGaming Next conference in New York City. Would you be interested in taking betting on WWE? NFW. (laughs) <laughs> how's that for a smackdown FanDuel, the nation's market leader in sports betting told me it is highly unlikely it would ever accept a bet on wwe how's that for a smackdown you gotta love those puns uh, they, they did go we're not we're not playing that clip but they did go on to talk about bret hart which and they talked about the montreal screw job in fact as well um 
they mentioned it. They, they mentioned it. They, uh, it was also explain why they referred to yeah, WWE that, as, yeah. as as the WWE. Maybe maybe Bret Hart was advising them on this segment. Um, so did I hear something about Colorado there from Contessa Brewer? I I I, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. So and and she talked to uh, was it the CEO of, of MGM saying NFW? What does NFW stand for? No way. It stands for no way. Oh yeah. Um, so. I don't know. And the Massachusetts thing was weird because, like, I understand they just legalized sports gambling, but that was never even, like, brought up. Like, well, the WWE was looking into that. And we have Alex Sherman who quote tweeted this, this video um, of the segment that we just listened to saying, from what I'm told, WWE could mollify some of the fears brought up here by Contessa Brewer by initially allowing gambling on maybe just one match at a main event. That one match could be the gambling match. I can imagine a fake accountant dressed up in a nerdy outfit wow that's so funny um so what's happening here do you do he, he alex sherman with a quick response about what, what could what w could potentially do to to ease these concerns um is, is w going to be um doing gambling anytime soon i doubt it um i did have somebody point out to me that it seems like every time w stock price starts starts to lower there's there's you know sort of Coincidentally, a, a news story that comes out that uh, is, is an interesting business news story for WWE. Uh, the stock price ha- has been sliding back down to closer to reality, in my opinion. Um, Eighty-one dollars at the close of the market on Friday, uh, which is a more reasonable price than than the ninety that it was getting near over the last few weeks. Um, so that's what's happening there. Is we're amid still speculation that WWE will sell. We'll touch on that once again in a moment. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Um, so... There was an announcement this past week of the two PLEs. Uh, we originally reported on these dates. Uh, we didn't know the locations, though. Peter Insider reported that. King and Queen of the Ring on May 27th would be in Saudi Arabia. And W confirmed that this past Monday will be happening in Jeddah, Saudi Arabia. Uh, it marks the first time the King of the Ring premium live event has been held since 2015. Of course, it's been a tournament, but this is the really first time it's been an event of its own name. Uh, but King and Queen of the Ring... Once again, at the, at the W event at the Jetta Superdome, the world's largest pillarless Superdome. So I don't know who else is in the competition there, but it doesn't have any pillars in it. Um, and oh, this is the, uh, you know it, on press releases they often put you know about WWE or about the organization that they're announcing this uh, business with about the General Entertainment Authority. The GEA was established in line with Saudi Vision Twenty Thirty to carry out the tasks of organizing and developing the entertainment sector in the kingdom. 
and providing options and entertainment opportunities for all segments of society in all regions of the kingdom. The GEA aims to enrich life, bring joy, and motivate the private sector to play its role in building yada yada yada. Okay, so they're there. I, I enjoyed it. They're there to enrich life and bring joy. It's great. It's, it's like putting smiles on people's faces. It's, they're in the same business. So that, that you can understand why they're working together here. Um, I see the news that M- MBS is going to start his own airliner. He's got some Boeing jets, Riyadh Air. This is, you know, it, it, it doesn't make me think that there's going to be a WrestleMania in, in Saudi Arabia anytime soon. But, you know, they're really making a push for, for tourism to bring people in, in to, to visit Saudi Arabia and Riyadh. Um, do we see travel packages to bring American fans or fans of the UK to these you events? Have to, you have to talk to their partner on, the, on that endeavor yeah. who helped them with that on-location business. Um, did we talk about Backlash already? Uh, I guess we'll talk about this now. Um, I think I, I'm, I'm, I, I caused at least one news site to, to, to do a headline which read, Possible deadline for W sale given. You know who gave that possible deadline? I mean, that was from the uh, – well, I'm sure they're taking that for you, but that, didn't Nick Khan basically kind of give that? Uh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. He, he, he said on CNBC in January, I think, three months is when he would expect a deal could be done. Could could be done. Um, but yeah, I, I think that May 27th date in Saudi Arabia is – I would expect if, – if a deal is going to be done this year I would, I would or ever – I would expect a date to be. I would expect a sale to be done by that day, unless this just turns into something where maybe they can continue to to talk sale after TV deals are done, because this really revolves around TV deals, right? And I believe TV deals, if they're not done, will will begin to be negotiated by the springtime, by by April, sometime in April. I believe their exclusive negotiating window begins with NBC Universal for Raw who I strongly believe are going to renew Raw, and with Fox for SmackDown, which is more questionable. We'll hear from Lachlan Murdoch in a moment. So, but yet, on the other hand, I don't know that those TV partners want to make a deal, and then suddenly the party that they made a deal with, or that they have a deal with, is the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia, as opposed to the current independent WWE. That's a question for me, at least. I don't know. If that matters a lot or a little or not at all to the likes of NBC Universal, Fox, or perhaps Amazon, who might bid for for SmackDown rights, um, but if a deal is going to be done, I could see it being you know part of an announcement in Saudi Arabia with the the event happening there on May twenty seventh. Um, and if that day comes and goes, considering where that date lines up in terms of when I think the TV negotiations are happening, that makes me think that that's a pretty good deadline. Uh, deadline is a strong word. That's a, that's a pretty good date to say, okay, if that, that event comes and goes and there's no deal announced, then maybe nobody's buying this company, which is my prevailing expectation. Um, now, Backlash. The other date that was confirmed, Backlash is happening on May 6th, live from Puerto Rico. Bad Bunny will be the host. Uh, this is going to be at, oh boy, Coliseo de Puerto Rico, Jose Miguel Argalot in San Juan, Puerto Rico. So I think this is, this is the same venue where New Year's Revolution happened in twenty in two thousand five. And that's the last uh, PLE for WWE to even be in uh, Puerto Rico, right? So I expect this this will do pretty big business. This will be interesting. What what is the capacity of this venue? Could you look that up? Do you know, or do you know off the top of your head? I don't know off the top of my head. Let me uh, let me do a little searching here. I think I did look, and it's something like eighteen thousand. Um, yeah, 
18,500 for, and then who knows oh. what configuration that would be. But, but that's a, a fairly large arena, but it's not stadium level or something like that. Um, and by the way, Money in the Bank tickets uh, for this coming July in London, those are essentially sold out. Very few tickets are left. I think they're mostly the, the upgraded platinum tickets. So those still sold pretty quickly. And they're being sold, I think they're being sold on at least one, if not two outlets. And there's an access um, map for it as, as, the, as the ticket outlet. So that makes it harder for WrestleTix to track. Um, but I, if I've looked, I looked the other day and I could not find, you know, many tickets. So I think this event is essentially sold out. Um, so moving on to a story from David Bixen's band. For Wrestling Inc., um, he reported that there's there's no release date for Fight AW's Fight Forever video game, uh, which is being developed by Ukes and THQ. At last Sunday's Revolution press conference, uh, he said that the game is finished. Uh, Kenny Omega has explained that there were content changes to get the game's rating down, probably from an M for mature to a T for teen. I think they had to tone down some of the violence and things like that, uh, but. Khan said he wouldn't just blurt out the release date and step on partner's toes. It seemed an announcement is, is eminent. Um, so not sure if this story is slowing down AEW's ability to release the game. But paperwork has been filed, according to David Bixenspan, with the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office a few days before Revolution, uh, which might be another holdup. GCW is forming opposing is formally opposing AEW's registration of its Fight Forever trademark with the documents indicating the two companies are in settlement talks. The documents consist of Mike Dawkins, who represents GCW and others in trademark proceedings regularly, filing a request on March 1st for an extension of time to formally oppose AEW's trademark, uh, as well as the USPTO's approval of the request the following day. GCW and Dawkins now face a May 31st deadline. So GCW Fight Forever is an event that they held during the pandemic, I believe with no fans, a 24-hour wrestling show. So Brett, Brett Lauderdale also has tweeted that he's not trying to get money out of Tony Khan in response to someone, you know, making a comment that he's just trying to get money from Tony Khan like everybody else. Um, that may be true. I, I expect what he wants is access to, to AEW talent. Yeah. Um, and I expect... Tony Khan's inclination may be to not give him talent. So I think this is a, a, a way perhaps for GCW to leverage access to talent uh, for, from AEW. That, that would be my expectation. So. Okay. Now, moving on to the biggest event, perhaps, so of the week. And I know you were on top of this, for, uh, Golo. The Morgan Stanley TMT Conference. Huge event. It's the WrestleMania finance. With um, Ben Swinburne asking many of the questions here. Do you know what TMT stands for? Uh, technology, media, and uh, I know I'm missing the other T, something conference. Telecom. Telecom. Telecommunications, I believe. Um, that's, such an out, that's such an outdated term, telecommunications. Well, I mean, what, what, how else do you refer to cable systems and satellite systems and telephone systems? Technology, media, and telecom. There it is right on the slide. Um, but anyway, we had comments from Ari Emanuel. We're going to hear from him for the second week in a row. He had some comments actually about his ESPN relationship with UFC. He said, we got a great relationship with UFC, and we have a year left until we can start renewal. Well, watch out, he says. Quote, I think it's going to be a positive outcome for both parties. He's alluding to the 
TV rights negotiations, media rights negotiations. He continues on, but there's a lot of buyers out there. So he's, he's, he's letting people know that he's got people who want his rights uh, for the UFC. Um, he was asked about WWE by Ben Swinburne. Here's that. Last week on your earnings call, you were asked about the uh, WWE opportunity. Uh, for those who may not be aware, WWE is in the midst of a strategic review, which um, may end up with the company being sold. You gave an appropriate non-answer as a good public CEO. Um, but I do think investors are wondering about your willingness to use your equity as currency, um, given where the stock is today. And I want to give you an opportunity to, to talk about that. Well, here's what I would say to you is, um, I don't talk about M&A. <laughs> um, I appreciate you asking the question. Here's what I will do to clarify that answer that we gave last week. Um, we have taken the company from eight times levered to below four, which is what we'd say. I'm now sleeping because of that from four hours to eight hours, which is good. Um, I'd sleep a lot more if I got it lower. And when you look at our, where our, what we, our cash conversion coming up, we're going to take it a lot lower this year. I'm not going to say what the number is, but it's going to be lower, which is going to make me feel comfortable. Eventually, then everybody's going to say, well, you don't have to go that low on your debt. You know, that's going to be the reverse that's going to come at me. Um, and for any transaction right now, we're not going to kind of use any public, I mean, our, our equity for a transaction. As it relates to the WWE, I think it's an incredible asset. We've been in business with Vince for over two decades. He created, he's as good as it gets. He created one of the great assets of all time. Um, uh, and so that's all I have to say. Okay. And deleveraging, which you mentioned, is that a priority for you and the company right now? Yeah. That's one of the big, I mean, you know, there's many priorities, but that's very high on the list. Okay. Um, a lot of, lot of business buzzwords there. What was he talking about there? Leverage? Levering? Do we remember what, what that means from last week? Uh, I mean, it's something with, it's just like something with the amount of, the amount of debt that they have, I, I think, and all that. They just can't lever that to, you know, get more loans, really. En- Endeavor owns more than, owes, <laughs> Endeavor owes and owns more than $5 billion in debt. Most of that is probably their, their UFC purchase from a few years ago. Uh, and, that's that's a big concern apparently for Endeavor is that they they owe a lot of money to to their creditors who helped them make the, the UFC purchase. So how are they going to pay that back? And what we talked about last week because we were responding to comments from Endeavor's earnings call where they mentioned WWE. Uh, Ari Emanuel, the CEO who we just heard from, made made similar comments. I think what we just heard was a little bit more clear. In fact, um, so what what, what Lightshed and Lightshed analysts. Brandon Ross has been one of the people who's really been predicting WWE would be acquired or more likely merged with Endeavor, uh, perhaps through something called a reverse Morris Trust. Basically, Endeavor would separate UFC and, and some other assets from Endeavor. The rest of Endeavor would go off and be a, a publicly traded company that would probably be worth more pound for pound alone without the UFC asset. And then that UFC asset would be combined with WWE and some, maybe some other assets, maybe other sports assets like bull riding, and they would be a new merged company. So Ari Emanuel is saying he doesn't want to get into more debt. So, you know, I mean, W wants, according to Bloomberg, Vince McMahon wants $9 billion for WWE. 
Maybe there's a way that they could do that, though. What we talked about last week is maybe there's a way that Endeavor could get into a merger with WWE that wouldn't cost them a lot of extra debt. And maybe that would involve diluting their shares and using what we just heard there, using their equity as currency, using their shares to basically sell their shares, create new shares, diluting their current stock, selling their shares to private investors. Um, maybe that maybe that's where Saudi Arabia fits in. More on that in a moment. But selling their shares off to private investors, that gives them a, a huge influx of cash. And then they can go and make this deal, perhaps, with WWE. I think I just heard Ari Emanuel say, we're not going to use our equity to do something like that, though. The likelihood that Endeavor, if we take his words at face value, maybe he's just posturing. Maybe he's just playing hardball in public. But if we take his words at face value, that doesn't support the notion that, that Endeavor is going to do some sort of merger or acquisition to get WWE. And if to take what Vince McMahon's thoughts reportedly are at face value that he wants $9 million for, that makes it all the more unlikely based on market capital, which is just over $6 billion. So those are, those are the comments from uh, Ari Emanuel. And here are, oh, in fact, okay. And I guess we have to touch on this too. Um, would, to put, to put even more doubt on this notion that Endeavor would do a deal that may have to involve the Saudis, um, I mean, Ari Emanuel, who's the CEO of Endeavor, Endeavor severed its relationship with Saudi Arabia in 2019 um, after the Jamal Khashoggi murder, which also caused a lot of controversy around WWE's event at the time. Uh, this is a, from a New York Times article in 2019. The headline was that Endeavor returns money to Saudi Arabia protesting Khashoggi murder. murder. Um, and the, the, the article goes on to, dis, to describe sort of Ari Emanuel taking a stand uh, because of the alleged murder of, of Jamal Khashoggi, a journalist who Saudi agents allegedly lured to Turkey to murder and dismember him. Um, the, the article says there, there was much to celebrate last spring. This would be in 2018, I guess it's referring to when Ari Emanuel, the chief, chief executive of the talent agency Endeavor helped throw a splashy Hollywood party for Saudi Arabia's crown prince, Mohammed bin Salman, the Sorier, is that how you say that word with guests, including Disney chief, Bob Iger, Amazon founder Jeff Bezos and former NBA star Kobe Bryant took place at Saudi Arabia's government investment fund, the PIF, the same organization, by the way, we're talking about that may acquire WWE. Saudi Arabia's government investment fund was completing an agreement to invest $400 million in Mr. Emanuel's firm. The deal was meant to finance Endeavor's growth. That is, they were going to become major investors in Endeavor. While diversifying Saudi Arabia's economy with the talent agencies work in sports events, modeling and television and Film production. Less than a year after the star-studded party, Endeavor and Saudi Arabia have gone through a messy breakup set in motion by the murder, October 2018, of Saudi journalist Jamal Khashoggi. So I, I'm, I'm bringing this up to say I don't know that Ari Emanuel is going to be the, the person to stand up and say, "Okay, I'll do business with the Saudis here." If it if it means having to dilute his stock, use their equity as currency to bring in private equity, who else is going to be that interested in? buying WWE to, to make this happen um, would be surprising based on that story. Okay. Now more from the, the Morgan Stanley TMT conference. It's Lachlan Murdoch from Fox also being asked questions by Morgan Stanley analyst, Ben Swinburne, who is, who, by the way, someone we hear on 
WWE earnings calls. You have a, uh, a partnership with WWE. They've been on Fox uh, Friday nights on broadcast for some number of years now. They've announced a plan to uh, sort of a strategic review of the company, uh, which, which could lead to a sale. What are your thoughts on the evolution of your partnership with WWE, and how does that sit into your broader sports and entertainment offering? Uh, so uh, I don't think it's an evolution of the partnership. I, th- I think they've been, they've been great partners. They've been great partners throughout our, our, uh, our partnership, our, our, our relationship. Um, uh, uh, you know, if, uh, uh, if they uh, ultimately uh, sell the business, I, mean, I hope the acquire or as, as I'm sure the acquire will be as, as good a partner as, as they've been I hope that the uh, uh, the management team stays intact there because they've done a, a tremendous a tremendous job um, from a rights point of view we're focused on on, on their their rights renewal um, we uh, we're ready to, we haven't engaged with them on, on, on the rights yet uh, we're ready to engage with them when they when they uh, when they ask uh, when, when, when they're ready um, but ultimately our appetite for a renewal uh, depends on what happens with the rest of our sports portfolio. Okay. So to be clear, Lachlan Murdoch is not commenting on potentially buying WWE. That's not what this is about at all. He's only talking about SmackDown rights. Fox does not make sense. We've been through this. Fox does not make sense as a buyer of WWE. He's talking about the potential of renewing SmackDown, which is a question. Might happen, but might not. Um, he says here, as, as Brandon Ross pointed out on Twitter here, Lachlan Murdoch says, uh, they're ready to engage. This, he's talking about SmackDown. Talking about SmackDown. They're ready to engage. And quote, ultimately, the appetite for renewal depends on what happens with the rest of our sports portfolio. Now, remember what we just said a few minutes ago. Exclusive negotiating window probably starts sometime in April, sometime after WrestleMania. So what other sports? And, and Brandon Ross made a subsequent tweet, not knowing what he was talking about. What, what other sports rights are they going to negotiate before, you know, April or May. And there will be maybe they're foreseeing some in the future. Therefore, we, we've to, the NBA is the next big one to come up, right? Yeah, but I don't think they're going to take NBA. No, but um, yeah, I mean, uh, that could be a possible option. Uh, or Pac-12? What, what's what's the college? Yeah, Pac-12 is up right now. I mean, but th- that would be stuff they would put on FS1. I'm intrigued to see, you know, I think we're going to get to the point where there's an NFL game almost every day of the week. If NFL does Friday night football. And that could be something they maybe they know more than we know. And don't they have an agreement with with like that they don't run on Friday or Saturday to stay out of the way of high school and college football? Yeah, but money talks. It's high school football. It's not college. You know what I mean? You know. So okay. Um. So I don't know. Not sure what he's saying there. Um. Someone also raised to me. You know, hey, why why does he sound? Why, why would he sound so optimistic about renewal when it would be? perhaps to his economic advantage, to downplay and, you know, act like they don't really need WWE. Any guesses? I mean, just, I mean, it's it's a good negotiation tactic. Like, you know, hey. Yes, but, but, but he's saying, yeah, we're ready to engage. We're, we're ready to yeah. renew it, basically. I, I mean, I, I, and he might be trying to kind of light a fire on because the, they have said they're holding off until, like, they're trying to figure out the sale situation first. So <laughs> maybe he's like, can we just talk? Oh, I did. I think the UFC TV deal is up soon. Well, well, Ari Emanuel just said. Yeah. Um, we have the, the comment right here, right? Yeah. Ari Emanuel said on at, at the same conference. Whoops. Why am I not? Oh, okay. It's back here. Uh, Ari Emanuel said about the, the ESPN deal. We have a great relationship, blah, blah, blah. We have a year left until we can start renewal. Yeah. So they have, 
so so a year from now, WTV deals are probably done. Yeah, that, that is true. Yeah, but that's, I'm just thinking of what would be the next major deal that would be up. Here's a conspiracy theory. Speaking of is that, he, one of our super chances is a conspiracy theory based on. <laughs> is he? Is he? Is, is was Lachlan Murdoch? Was he talking about AEW? I I didn't even think of that. I think that's un- less likely. But if it's a better deal financially for that's them, plausible. We, we've talked about it. If they could spend less money. This is a <clears throat> this is a, a a company that sold off a lot of rights in the last few years uh, to Disney. Like maybe if you know they look and go, we can get something that will pull similar, not the best same, but similar ratings, especially in the 18 to 49 demographic for half the price. Um, I, I, I did do the math at one point and, and think like, okay, let, let's look at what SmackDown was doing before it went to Fox, Fox and, and what it did after it went to Fox. Once it settled after the big rating at first. And because I think, you know, USA network and TBS similarly powered networks, right? So whatever percentage jump SmackDown got by going to Fox, I, I try to apply that to dynamite. I don't have the math in front of me, but it would be, a f- and, and just looking at the demo, let's say, cause that's what would matter, especially in Fox's case. And I, it would be a fairly low demo for Fox. So my, my, my conclusion was that I don't know if that's going to be so, 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 AW fans are going to crush us for this, but I don't, I don't know if, if, if AW's ratings are good enough for Fox on broadcast, even on Friday night. Um, yeah, unless some other things change and I don't know. CM Punk comes back or it becomes, you know, in a general way more popular than it is. Um, anyway. Um, okay. We have a couple super chats based on the sale. Oh, no, sale. So we have, we have one more story, though. This oh, is okay. actually the biggest story of all is that if you heard the, the news that according, according to Sean Ross Sapp, we have to give our proper credit that there is not just not just was Vince McMahon backstage in gorilla position, mind you, at the TD Arden, but the, that he has a mustache. Not just any mustache. What was referred to was reported to be a creepy little mustache. Anyway, seven-time sexual misconduct uh, allegation receiver, Vince McMahon. Anyway, we can go on now. Okay. All right. So uh, here is the first Super Chat. This one's from MJ. Uh, Is this – no, this is back to the Comcast story, but this ties into the, the sale. Uh, is this Com- uh, Comcast throwing cold water on Divi's valuation to drive the sale price lower? This is a meme story. CNBC covering is unusual. This goes back to the uh, obviously the gambling story. It, when he says, "Is this what is what is the this?" Well, uh, like I mean, he's talking about like the the the, the story about gambling. Like I'm just like kind of like poking fun at WWE and oh, like is is the last call. This is a a very MJ theory. Uh, Is Last Call reporting about this W story, throwing cold water on this notion that you're going to start a gambling sports betting licensing deal? They're just trying to throw the cold water on WWE to keep that stock price low so they can buy that company later. That's an interesting theory. I don't think it's true, though. Uh, I don't – I've like – you know know what's what's – I I would like to bet somebody that – no, I don't want to make a financial uh, investment here, but Comcast is never going to buy WWE. It's my prediction. It will never, ever, ever, ever happen. It's not going to happen. Brian Roberts, I do not believe, has any interest in buying WWE. Belief. Okay. Okay. We have one more super chat here, uh, and it's also regarding a potential sale. Oh, let me get here. This is from Joel 
what's the percentage would uh, people online, namely Robert, uh, seem intent on thinking that the public investment fund, that's the Saudis, uh, by WWE. Uh, obviously, that's not a good prospect. I trust your opinion. So what do you think happens as of today? Does WWE even sell? On a scale of 1 to 10, uh, 10 being super confident and 1 being not confident at all. Um, I think WWE's not going to sell, uh, and I would give that out of 10 uh, a 4, I would say. Not super confident it's not going to sell, but that's the most likely outcome that I would predict. No sale whatsoever. If anybody buys it, probably going to be the PIF, the Saudi Public Investment Fund. Okay, Chris Golo, we stopped recording that year. He immediately swore after we stopped recording and saw that you put it in Super Chats. But he had to go to a, to a wrestling show. So I do not want to pe- make people think that if they submit a Super Chat, that there's a chance that we won't address it. So we are overcorrecting for this problem by bringing in MJ. Hello. You think I'm, I'm in the dark today or what? It's a good look for you. I, I do like it. It pops. It, uh, you really pop off the screen. Yes. It's a, it's a minimalist, simplistic look here with a black background. It's a good presentation. Yes. Um, so remind, so I, did, I, I continue my, my um, buying airtime here with my Super Chats, uh, yes. a, a, a bit that I'll keep going uh, with a little bit longer. But I wanted to pick your brain. I had I dropped a Super Chat that I thought was a pretty relevant topic given all the news that's come out and the discussions about the TV rights at the Morgan Stanley TMT conference um, mm-hmm. to, to assess the probability of where we think rights increases will fall not making a prediction of what they will be. Mm-hmm. But if we were to bucket it into ranges of you know, 1.5 to 1.7 was at one point, I think, um, the, the, the estimate put out there, the, the bullish estimate, I'd by, say. By Morgan Stanley analyst Ben Swinburne himself. Uh, I, I'd like to say something I'm not going to say. We'll stay on topic here. Um, the, you, you can look at um, investor filings and see what Morgan Stanley has been doing with their shares of WWE over the Morgan last Morgan Stanley is an investor in WWE and they have a loan with Vince McMahon and have sold shares in the fourth quarter of 2022 interestingly mm-hmm. enough um, but anyway so right there was 1.5 1.7 um, you can kind of bucket it into 1.2 to 1.5 would probably be seen by many as a, a really nice um, rights package increase and then the you know flat to 1.2 range or flat, which seemed to be something coming out of Wells Fargo most recently. Um, so we have some chatter about TV rights now. Um, we're a little bit more removed from the time that I came on and we talked about my contrarian view of, I think, where sports rights were headed. And we've mm-hmm. had developments there as well with RSNs and things of that nature. So Brandon, thoughts? So Wells Fargo um, and s- I forget who the guy is. I've got, the, I'm, I'm finding the tweet. Wells Fargo, I haven't seen it myself. I did ask somebody if they could get it to me, uh, but I haven't gotten it yet. The, the actual an- analysis report from Wells Fargo. So the analyst is Stephen Call, who has, has long had, I, he, he did adjust it in the last month or two, his stock price target for WWE. His, his stock price target before that was like $50. He was sort of the, the lone bear on WWE stock. Um, as from Mike Ozanin, who's uh, with Forbes, um, and the, and he has tweeted a screenshot from what I assume is the Wells Fargo report that goes that has a table basically calculating what the value is of SmackDown and of Raw to to their networks, and he's basically concluding here that what that SmackDown loses twenty one and a half million dollars, that Raw loses five and a half million dollars. Um, 
And Morgan Stanley did a similar ex- exercise a few months ago that we talked about at the time on SmackDown in that, you know, basically concluding you know, something similar. I think um, Morgan Stanley came to a more negative conclusion, I want to say, than, than Wells Fargo does here. But that they, yeah, it's a loss leader. Um, so I imagine it must have other values that you have to justify, including cross promotion. Um, even when you, and I think, yeah, no, I, I mean, Wells Fargo does not attribute any retrans slash affiliate revenue, only ad revenue. So, I mean, I don't know. I, I, my belief the, is that the part of the tweet that jumped out at me was Wells Fargo securities thinks Fox is not likely to renew SmackDown at higher prices. That's yeah, the first but, time I've seen that kind of written out so boldly by an analyst. Okay, but um, that's that's one analyst who's been known yeah. to be very bearish on WWE, and not just on WWE, but on sports rights in general. Um, so I would say this is not a consensus opinion. This no. is somebody who's on, on the fringe. No. And I consider my views a bit contrarian on the sports rights uh, landscape on a whole. So, yes, I, I, that's correct to call that out. Yeah. yeah. So mm-hmm. assess the probability. Do you still Do you still feel, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I believe you've been in the camp of 1.5 or above yeah do you I think, feel that is still the likely outcome here i think so just because where's and maybe WWE or wrestling will be be the first one but where's the where's the sports deal it's not an upgrade in the u.s we're going to see what the nba does creatively to make sure it gets an upgrade but there's definitely and that'll be after wrestling sure but that's going to be probably discussed in analyzed more than even the wrestling rights will be. So while it is after, obviously those considerations loom large. Um, you know, Fox could very well end up with a little piece of NBA by way of the NBA spreading out the games all over the place to ensure that they get more money, but that means more partners um, and more potential reach. It's an interesting strategy the NBA can take. Um, and and something that I I guess going back to as well as Fargo securities that, you know, could Fox split it across properties. Anyone could really split it across properties. And NBCU has done that effectively brings into question all other kinds of, you know, the value being added by having the brand. Yeah. And according to a report that we talked about recently, I'm trying to find out what the original source is, but that NBC who doesn't have NBA, Apple who doesn't have NBA and Amazon who doesn't have NBA are all interested in us NBA rights. So more bidders would tell me that that's, that price will stay flat at worst and or, or more likely grow. So if we think about it in a game theory type way, if these new bidders for the NBA who do not currently have the NBA are also considered to be bidders or potential bidders, as we've heard Nick Khan discuss before um, on, on their earning calls about the appetite for WWE and content and future rights – are they willing to go on the curve and spend more for WWE before they understand or know what is available to them for the NBA, which would undoubtedly be a more valuable and probably desirable property for them to land? So you're saying because the NBA, you know, besides the NFLs, is the most valuable sports rights, maybe they're saving their money so they can make an aggressive bid for the NBA. Therefore, they will pay less for WWE. Like. Like free agency in sports, do you pay the a player available today knowing that there's several players behind him available in a year or two that you want to maybe go after, right? So you save cap space. Mm-hmm. So you can relate this to sports and think about it in terms of cap space and do these companies in, in this environment we're in now um, where they are cutting back want to tie up cap space on WWE at higher 
rights values, premiums to what they are today. I think it's interesting. I think it's definitely going to be a conversation had when it comes time for whether these streaming um, bidders come in to kind of run the price up a bit, because I think that's how you arrive at 1.5, 1.7, is that there's multiple bidders. And if they are not there or they are offering kind of status quo price, there's no reason for the incumbents to, to really offer a premium. And the leverage definitely shifts away from WWE negotiations uh, if this environment continues there. Mm-hmm. So the current value of NBA is they've got – I'm going to try to put this on the screen here. They have – so the NBA has current deals in the U.S. with Turner and Disney. Uh, average annual value for Turner, that is TNT, uh, $1.2 billion. Average annual value. Remember WWE for Raw, $470 million. Two hundred five million for SmackDown, so one point two billion for TNT, one point four billion for Disney slash ESPN. So I guess I, mean, I just want to make the point that like this is this is not a free, if you, to make the free agency analogy, this is not a free agent that is going to get paid nearly as much as this bigger free agent, but is going to be paid like a fraction of what what this NBA property would would, be, would get paid, especially if this gets an increase. Um, so well, an increase from nothing today in the case of Apple or NBC or Amazon, right? They're paying nothing for the NBA today, so they're going to need to have the available cash to pay for it in the years where they will have it. Do they want to tie up that cash bidding for WWE prior? They can certainly afford it. These are, these are the richest companies in the world. They're the richest companies in the world, but that is not um, stopping them from finding ways to cut costs and. Mm-hmm drive value to their shareholders. Sure. I guess wouldn't they argue, hey, this is, this is one of our areas for growth, though. So this isn't, you know, this isn't spending, you know, that that's unwise, although you could argue it is, uh, that, you know, this this is a new business for them that they see as nascent, right? The Amazon Prime and Apple TV, uh, as Bob Iger said the other day, probably at the Morgan Stanley TMT conference, except for Netflix, which is fairly mature. Everybody else in, in this streaming business is nascent. And that, that includes Apple and Amazon. And they see it as a big opportunity for them to get into the, the content business or the live sports business. So what's a great way to start to do that is with the NBA, the second most valuable property in all sports. I think this is an area of focus for those streamers to really make a dent into market share and having something that is uh, appointment viewing, something you can gamble on, which we know drives eyeballs uh, to bring it back to that conversation. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, thank you for entertaining. You've not assessed the probability, but you still feel strongly okay. that they will do a meaningful increase somewhere in the range of 1.5. When I do my models, I'm still like, I don't feel like I have to go back into my W financial estimate and model a lower rights upgrade factor i think i modeled in one five or one seven i would have to look but i don't feel differently about that i think it's if you want a probability um, i think that answers the question i I look at the environment i look at the comments coming out around the company particularly as news has picked up around the company with all the vince um you know returning back to the company the the conversation about a sale and who those parties might be and while you can't quantitatively, you know, drive any conclusions. I think qualitatively, you can start to understand the landscape shaping up as they head into negotiations. And, you know, so I thought it was worth a a brief discussion here as whether or not that shifts your view, um, understanding it and doing the analysis you do with your models and into the rights fees. I'm pretty confident that NBCU is going to keep raw. And I think 
the hype around how well W does for Peacock is not just hype. I think there's that's genuine, at least to an extent, right? Maybe there's extra hype to, on top, heaped on top of that. But but they, I think Peacock truly does see W as a success for them. I think they absolutely see it as a success for them. And I think on a macro view, I think what does that say about Peacock? But without WWE, you'd have to ask, what is Peacock? And I think it is a driver of eyeballs and um, certainly retention. Not surprised to see increase in PLEs. Um, I think not surprised to see these PLEs be treated more like big events where you bring in Bad Bunny. I think this is all to service you know, their partner in NBCU and, and Peacock because it's a driver for Peacock. It's meaningful. It probably has carryover to what kind of favorable terms they get when it comes to the raw renewal. Hey, do for us now. We'll do for you later. Um, as any good partners would. And that's, you know, that, that's a good thing. But I think you're seeing the, the PLEs be treated as something more than they have ever been before. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, it's also good business. It's good strategy for them to create big events that people want to see and have attractions. So win-win for everybody there. I give them credit on that. Yeah, and I, I think W's – I mean, we're, we're looking at year-over-year ratings of late, and Raw and SmackDown are, are looking as healthy on a year-over-year basis as they have been since I've been following them. Yeah, I, I throw a little cold water on it just because I go back to that initial um, craze when Hunter took over creative and you saw the SummerSlam build up and the ratings really popped, and we've not yet maintained those levels, which I know year-over-year. But if we want to measure from the high Q1 point, when every, Q1 is up year over year, but go Q1 versus that SummerSlam period. I don't believe that we've gotten past that and we're in the road to WrestleMania. That would be concerning to me about Hunter's creative tenure is that you were able to generate a lot of interest and a lot of positive coverage, but you've not exactly retained the viewers and we're in our busiest season of the year. Um, and I could be wrong. I go off your charts, Brandon, so I could be looking at the wrong months of the charts, but... So I know Q1 is going to be up. Let's see if, you know, as we head into the, the period where we start to see uh, comparisons to what I'll call Hunter's creative era. So if we're talking, when he, when he took over is August. I mean, Vince resigned Jan, July 22nd. Yep. And the first Raw after SummerSlam did a big rating, I believe is, is the first Raw of August. Anyway, they average 2055000 for Raw in, in all of August, which is... You know, not nearly what they're doing now. They're doing for the subsequent months. They did 1. 1.7, 1.6, 1.6, 1.4, 1.8, 1.8, 1.8. Okay, so that's decisively down. Mm-hmm. So I think there's at least in RAW, and hopefully we'll see it's similar in in August for SmackDown. No, it's not. We'll take that in a minute. So we're seeing ratings for RAW. They're not nearly what they were during that August month. When I, maybe there's just a lot of curiosity there. Certainly, a lot of curiosity. There was also a lot of praise heaped on the direction and the opportunity at hand for Hunter to really turn things around. And now we are talking about Raw, and I'm thinking of Raw. Maybe I'm just one of those uh, past generations that think of Raw as the flagship show, and that is not the case anymore. I recognize for a new generation of fans, SmackDown very well may be the flagship show. Um, you can argue WWE treats it that way now on Fox with Roman Reigns. Um, and look, what Sma- look at SmackDown did in August. Yeah, in August. let's go into SmackDown. Two point zero two four was the average for August. Yeah, it's doing two point four now. It's doing fantastic now. So if I can tie this back into the the Murdoch comments, mm-hmm. I think they're ready because they have the upper hand here. I think Fox is the best platform. I think Fox contributes more to Peacock's success by way of more people see WWE on Fox. It's more likely Fox will be on at a bar that it'll just be on and it's kind of out there in the conscience. 
And then you can argue that, well, we see increased viewership and increased um, subscribers to Peacock. Oh, that must be WWE. To me, they are correlated. They started to trend at similar times. I give SmackDown a lot of credit. I don't know SmackDown would earn this without being on Fox. And therefore, I would think Fox is ready and ready for, you know, to, to here's what we're going to do, WWE, and they're they're either going to take it or they're going to run the risk of whether they can maintain this or carry this over to an Amazon or to a lesser channel than Fox. I, I think SmackDown, if it was on USA Network on Friday night or Tuesday night, would be seeing a similar increase. I think it's the content that has attracted people and grown the audience. I mean, uh, this, this is the, the bloodline storyline has been a big hit is, is what I think. I think that's what's happening. It's been a tremendous success for them. Um, long-term storytelling works. We've known this over and over it again. Does? I won't get on a soapbox. Um, you know, it, it retains eyeballs. So <laughs> as long as you tell the right story or tell a good story and you do it well and you kind of give fans a little bit of fan service but also give them something wanting more, you can kind of pay it off. It seems like a recipe that works, but I don't know. I've not spent time um, behind the scenes or at a wrestling uh, promotion. Uh, mm-hmm. You may know better than that. I, I think that's the one thing you can look at during the, the Paul Levesque era since July or August and say, look at this, it's done really well. I think there's some some conversation or investigation to be had into who's really contributing to the management of that creative. Is it Paul Avec? Paul Avec is the least approving of it. Is, are, are others more involved, like Paul Heyman perhaps? Let's give Paul Heyman his flowers because from the moment Paul Heyman showed up next to Roman Reigns back in uh, pandemic era wrestling, mm-hmm. uh, the Roman Reigns character finally came into form. He is transformed into the star he is now. I acknowledge him. He is absolutely a driver of success. It just so happens to be when Paul Heyman showed up next to his side. Um, let's not forget about that. Paul, Paul Heyman knows what, what train to get on. Let's give him his flowers. Hey, the other thing I just want to ask you real quick, and then I'll get out of here. Um, do you know, to your knowledge, or maybe you can find out, if Warner Brothers Discovery has an option to pick up which would keep AEW in their ecosystem on Turner Properties. Uh, Coming out of the initial, um, I'll call it a redesign, but when they restructured that contract, right? They kind of did the first deal. Then they said, okay, we're going to revisit this. We're going to create a longer-term deal. Do they have an option, right, that would prohibit AEW from kind of going elsewhere in the next year or so while we are speculating they may? I think, and I, I asked Tony on the last media call, and he would not get into it, um, I, I mean, I think the Observer report, when, when they made the new deal in January 2020, just before the pandemic, what, what Dave reported, and I'll, I guess I'll, I'll look this up to make sure, I'm, but I'm very confident that this is what Dave reported, was that they have a deal with a one-year option, that is WBD's option, Warner Media at the time, to extend the deal through the end of 2024. And currently, we're thinking about them having a similar window to WWE. But I guess that would also be the end of 2024. So the option might just be the same. So it extends it into the same window opposed to being up this year. I believe I believe it's quite likely the option has already been picked up by right. WBD. So um, do I. I, th- I think That's the, why I asked. If I could ask Tony Khan that question again, I would say, okay, you don't want to talk about your TV contract. Fine. Um, do should, should AW fans expect to see Dynamite and Rampage on TBS and TNT in January 2024? <laughs> It's a hey. The fans just want to know where to tune in. I got to right. plan ahead. I got a budget for my cable bill. Right. Um, I think that's fair. I think you should. Ask, I think. I think you should answer that as yeah. fan service. You know, I just got to plan ahead. Yeah. 
I, I believe that it's probably also been picked up. I can't see why it wouldn't be. It's like a go back to that um, athlete comparison or analogy. It's like – Unless you didn't want it anymore, deal. why would you not renew it at, at this rate? I'm sure there's an escalator for an extra year, right. but it's not having to renegotiate presumably so at a higher I'll, price. I'll end – I'll leave you with one – You know, I like my tinfoil hat stuff. I wonder if that's why we didn't see Ring of Honor go elsewhere. Because if you know you are in business and you know you want to further your business or perhaps future business with Warner Brothers Discovery, do you go shop Ring of Honor elsewhere and start to enter a new partnership elsewhere when you're still in this kind of nascent state as a wrestling promotion um, with your first TV partner who's been pretty good to you? Uh, Because if Turner didn't want it, like I'm hard-pressed to believe that nobody would have picked it up. Even yeah. if it was a smaller deal than streaming, but like streaming is comes with its you know stigma. So I'd have to remember. I think I tried to ask on one of the calls. Do you have an exclusive? Is there some sort of exclu- exclusivity deal that you have with WBD that prevents you from working elsewhere now? And I think that's part. That was why I was interested in why is Ring of Honor a separate company? Why not merge the two together? And this is where Tony starts to insist that they're separate companies and all that. Mm-hmm. All that. Um, but it. it I don't know if it would alienate WBD to such an extent or if it's indicative of Tony's inability to find partners outside of WBD or some of both. Because I'm speculating that it was something they did not want to do, I think I'll take the alienate route and say, do you want to alienate uh, WBD? You do a lot of cross-promotion right now. Do you want to start cross-promoting with somebody else? You're planning on sharing talent across the brands. We've seen that already as a strategy. That's smart from a wrestling strategy. But again, now you have stars appearing on both. You know, It's just not the kind of relationship that WDB is established with multiple partners like Fox and USA. So for them to take the risk when they're still trying to establish their you know, place in the ecosystem. I think that's where I lean. But again, that's pure speculation. I and maybe there's, there, there's more hat. security for WWE to do that in their situation because they've been a brand that's so established and so proven as a as a ratings draw. And we saw them try to do the brand split with separate talent on separate shows until probably both partners said, hey, we just want all of the stars, so we don't care anymore. And that would happen organically. Um, but in the case of what Ring of Honor is doing with AEW talent, I think that's a tough one to – to broach, especially if you are hoping to renegotiate your deals or, or get renewals with your current partner. Um, anyway. All right. Thank you, Brandon. Okay. Sorry to keep you talking late on a, on That's a okay. Sunday. That's okay. We're usually talking until this time anyway. Bill's um, game hasn't kicked off yet. No, that'll be a few months for that. It's not one. Yeah. All right. Um, it, you did a great job explaining all those things regarding leverage. Um, that was nice. Good job. Yes, it's uh, you put a stick under a thing and you pry leverage. Yes. All right. Thanks. Sorry. Sorry again for missing your super chat. No worries. Okay, and I believe that is what we have for Super Chat. So thank you all for your Super Chats today. Don't forget to uh, please help us, help people find this podcast. Hit the the thumbs up or give us a nice review on your podcast app. Um, Subscribe to the podcast on your podcast app. Subscribe to the Russell Knox YouTube channel on YouTube. Do you know there's a TikTok too? There's a Russell Knox TikTok. There's a few videos on there. That's what all the kids are doing these days. Yes. And uh, look forward to uh, next week. We'll have a story about the Royal Rumble coming up. Uh, got some 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 interesting information we expect to be reporting this coming week about the Royal Rumble in San Antonio. So any plugs, Chris Cole? 
Um, just uh, you know, kind of checking my social media for my appearances. Um, I'll be actually ring announcing in about five hours, less than five hours <laughs> later today. Uh, uh for for uh, Rochester, right? EPW in Rochester. Yep, I'll be at ESW this Saturday in Buffalo. Um, other than that, you can uh, of course Thursday we got the Wrestling's Patreon and uh, yes, some of the commentary I'm doing for the Savoldi Library should be up in high spots uh, soon. So keep you updated on okay. that. Okay, for subscribers only, we will be back on Thursday, patreon.com slash WrestleNomics with the, with the WrestleNomics 30, a 30 minute podcast with talking about all the news that has happened between now and Thursday. And otherwise, we'll be back again Sunday at 11 a.m. Eastern live on YouTube and in your podcast app. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next time. Bye. I didn't notice MJ Aston. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.